Hi, everybody. Thank you for joining me here on the Bare Bones Yoga Podcast, Conversations for Yoga Teachers. My name is Karen Fabian. I'm the founder of Bare Bones Yoga. I'm a yoga teacher and educator, and my goal here is to provide you, the yoga teacher, and other listeners with interesting, compelling content designed to pique your interest in teaching help you grow as a teacher, and support you on your path to sharing this wonderful practice with your students. I've been teaching for over 14 years, and through my classes, workshops, online courses, books, and other content, I focus on the anatomy of yoga and how teachers can learn this complex subject and present it to their students in an understandable way, all designed to help them bring more impact to their teaching. Even though we're not in the same room, I want you to envision for each episode that we've sat down for tea in a cozy coffee shop. Some days we'll talk about technical teaching topics, while some days we might have a teacher friend join in on the conversation, and other days we'll face some of the personal challenges that can come up when we take on the journey of being a teacher, knowing that the more authentic we can be, the more we can impact others. For more information about my products and programs and to contact me at any time, just visit my website at barebonesyoga.com. Let's get into today's episode. Okay. Hi, everybody. Uh, This is Karen Fabian here, founder of Bare Bones Yoga, and I'm here for another episode of my podcast, Conversations for Yoga Teachers. And I am really excited to introduce you all to Caitlin Skinner. Caitlin is calling in from, you said San Antonio, right? Yes. San Antonio, Texas. And she is fitting uh, me into her busy day. So I am really grateful. We're kind of doing this on the go. So this is like a true testament to how busy teachers can be. It's just like, yes, I can teach and I can do my regular job and, and all of that. So thank you so much for being on today. Of course, it's quite an honor. So tell me, I I think I'd mentioned to you before we started, um, I've had a couple of interviews, not really interviews, just conversations with teachers this week. And I know you were one of the teachers who had responded to my inquiry on, in my Facebook group, uh, just saying like, hey, I'm looking for teachers to be on the podcast. I want to hear what's going on in your teaching. And just to have a conversation about what kinds of things, especially when you're new, um, are coming up. And I really was, um, struck by your email. You're like so on target with so many different themes that I know teachers are probably going to relate to. Um, and so I want to see, like, I went back and read it before we started and I want to see if we can kind of just talk about some of those themes. You had mentioned things like upping your teaching schedule and trying to balance it with work and just some of those other things. So before we, don't let me forget about that, before we go into some of those details um, and those themes, just tell me again, remind me kind of your teaching experience so far. You went to a teacher training, when was that? Like you had said two years ago? Yeah, so I graduated um, from a school of yoga um, in Colorado Springs in August of 2017 Um, and it was one of those really intensive ones so it was like a whirlwind of eight weeks (laughs) you know you you live you sleep you eat you you know everything is Um, I did that on top of a full-time job Um, that was a crazy summer I would not go back and change it but it was definitely a huge challenge yep yep and so that was two years ago 
Okay. So did you, you know, come out of that training and start teaching right away? So um, the studio that I was at, um, in order to teach there, I had to do a couple of internships with them. Um, the first one was adjustments and assist. Um, so I was paired up with a senior teacher for three months. Nice. I had to go you know, every, every week with them. Um, and then after that, I had to do a teaching internship, which was sort of similar. I was paired up with another um, teacher that wanted to teach there, and we were given a class time. And so uh, we had Sunday mornings at 10, and we would rotate. So when she was teaching, I was adjusting. When she was adjusting, I was teaching. Wow, I really like that. It's kind of like an apprenticeship or like a postdoctoral kind of thing. Like you do your training, and then you get like a supportive transition to teaching on your own and assisting as part of teaching. Did you find that helpful? That's such an interesting process. I really like that. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, it was kind of weird at first because, you know, you're a new teacher and, and I was taught to adjust, but then you're like, oh, well, there's lots of sweaty bodies of all shapes and sizes. You know, and so to have that uh, with a senior teacher and then to have that with another, you know, newbie, essentially, um, we could kind of bounce ideas off of each other and we could be like, hey, you know, I wasn't able to get to this person. Could you get to that person, you know, when we were in the middle of class? So um, I really enjoyed that. And, and now in San Antonio, like I look at, I go to other classes and teachers don't adjust here. Like they won't touch you. And it's so weird to me because I'm like, this is what I was trained to do, you know? Yeah. When I, um, my first teacher training was a long time ago and it was really at a time when assisting in that particular studio was very much part of the culture. And it was of course a long time ago. So I think the context around touching people was a little bit different in terms of just assisting mm -hmm. in general. Um, but we did something similar to what you did in that you were paired up with a senior teacher even before you went into teacher training and you were trained to be an assistant. And that was oftentimes the path to becoming a teacher. Um, mm -hmm. But I agree with you. It does, these days, I think there's just a lot more permission around assisting that studios ask for. And so, yeah, if you are trained to do it as part of your teaching, if you go to a different studio where the culture is a little bit different, sometimes it's just a matter of how do they require you to get permission from students. I'm at a studio now where they have chips. And so you put the chip out if you don't want to be assisted or, you know, you, mm. do, you don't put it out. So I think it's a matter of I hear what you're saying though, if you're trained in it, you're kind of used to it. And then sometimes you go to a different studio, it's just a handle a little bit differently. So right. did you, um, so, so from that apprenticeship program, did you then go on to teaching from that? Yeah, so I was on placed on a sub list essentially after my, my teaching internship was finished. Yeah. Um, Cause the slot that we had was specifically for teaching internships. Um, so I just started subbing and then, um, we ended up moving to San Antonio. Um, and that was a huge change, totally different from Colorado. Um, and I found a studio that kind of nourished my house to teach at and I liked the vibe and it was small and, you know, it had kind of the same feel as my old studio and I started there and now I feel like I live there. <laughs> 
Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that. Cause like I said, you had mentioned in your email, you've really upped your teaching schedule and you have a full, what's your full-time job? Um, I do front desk uh, receptionist type work for yep. an orthopedic clinic. Okay. Um, I don't know if you have heard of the Spurs um, basketball, professional oh, basketball yeah. team. I thought you meant Spurs yeah. in your body, but you mean, <laughs> you mean the team Spurs. Um, yeah, so a couple of our physicians are the physicians for the Spurs. So we deal with a lot of VIP clients, but then also the regular athlete as well. So yeah, um, it's a very, very busy clinic. It's probably, even at the front desk, you know, I, I do 44, 45, sometimes more hours per week. And then wow. that's on, right now I teach uh, five classes with the studio. Started off with one, then went up to three. <laughs> And now I'm at five and it's um, definitely keeps me busy. Yeah. So how did that come about for you? Did you request more classes? Did they come to you and say, hey, we'd love to increase your schedule? You know, how did that all come to be? Um, so when I started with the one, I was teaching like a vinyasa power flow. So, you know, a little bit up from vinyasa, but power elements in it. Um, and they asked me to pick up the Tuesday, Thursday evening power flow. Um, it's a 75 minute flow. Um, the teacher was leaving to do some other things. And so I was like, okay, like, yeah, that sounds great. Um, I really like teaching power. It's probably where my heart is the most. Um, but then after a couple of months of teaching there, another teacher who had been there in the past came back. And that used to be her class. And she's like, hey, can I take that back over? Um, and the owner of the studio approached me since we were moving from like like a, like a one classroom studio to like a two studio space. Um, she's like, hey, you know, would you mind teaching um, like an in-betweeners flow foundations class? It's already on Tuesday, Thursday. And then by the way, we also want to teach an 815 vinyasa flow. Could you also teach that? But you have to give up, you know, the power class. And uh, at first, I was just kind of like, no, I don't really want yeah. to do that. So then I was thinking about it, and I was like, I'm going to be there for like, what, what, an extra 40 minutes? And I'm already there, you know, practically all night. So it's not too much, you know, of a big deal. Um, I've never really taught beginners or in betweeners. And so this will be a good challenge to, you know, give me a wide variety or range of skills. Um, and I didn't see this until later, but it's actually a blessing in disguise because there was a lead teacher to a teacher training that came to one of my foundations class. And she was really impressed with the adjustments and assists that I was doing that she asked me to teach in her current teacher training. So I'll have that next week. Cool. Um, just to kind of varying some of those things. and. You know, I wouldn't have gotten that if I had said yes or yeah. if I said no. no. Yeah. Now, do you, you know, in listening to you talk about this and how it all went down, I kind of feel like the universe is kind of like pushing you to just, just say yes, say yes, step up, step up. And sometimes mm -hmm. that happens in teaching before, you know, 
you feel kind of ready for it. So you're kind of at that mm-hmm. point. And I'm not saying this is your experience, but even in my experience or just in talking to other teachers, that feeling like, oh my God, the wheels are spinning too fast. Am I really ready for this? Have you had any of those feelings? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, my studio owner asked me to do a workshop. Um, I did a, a vinyasa yin workshop this past weekend and I definitely procrastinated until like three days before and then I was like, oh crap, I have to make worksheets and I have to like promote this and make it actually, you know, good for the studio. And it was great. I mean, I was more worried than I should have been. Um, everybody loved it. You know, we were full house. We had 12. Um, but yeah, I feel like everything's like been coming like super fast. And then I'm like, yeah. how am I supposed to do this? I have a job and do the house stuff and I have a dog. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's I a lot I have for school and stuff. And so I have all those you know, responsibilities. And I'm just like, ah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's a real, that's a real challenge for teachers when they are juggling both a work life and a yoga life. And then there's your own practice and then everything else in your life. So I can, I can totally relate to that one as well from when I was teaching and working a full-time job. Um, So let me ask you about, because things are happening really fast, sometimes when that happens, you know, we can feel like there's gaps in our learning that we're just really rapidly trying to fill in. Do you Mm -hmm. feel like there are things where there's just a gap for you and you're trying to kind of fill in the, the, the gap with, you know, whether it's sequencing or anatomy or anything, anything along those lines? Yeah, it's funny you actually bring that up because um, I was like, okay, so my husband's going to be gone for the fall so I can have all this time, you know, I'm not like spending it with him, going out and doing things with him. And so I was like, I'm going to sign up for all the teacher trainings. So I'm like in the middle of a 20 hour anatomy um, course. It's, you know, in person. Um, We've gotten 12 hours done already, but I have like little to no experience with anatomy. So every time I go, I'm like fire host to the face I feel so overwhelmed yeah um you know I, I took a yin a 20-hour yin training like a couple of weekends ago I've done a sequencing I've done like so many different like teacher trainings and I'm like why did I do that to myself it seemed like a really good idea at the time yeah but now I'm like in it you know I'm just like I probably should have waited yeah. <laughs> on something um yeah. and I know that you know, you teach a lot about anatomy. Um, yeah. I listen to your podcast since I'm here. Um, yeah. And I have been feeling lacking in the anatomy. Um, and so that's why I was like, oh, well, I really need to, you know, get on the ball here. Yeah. Um, but I feel like anatomy is one of those things where you can take 20 hours this year and you're probably going to take it again next year because yeah. it's just so much at once, you know. Yeah, it's kind of interesting too that your day job is orthopedics because that probably puts you around the diagnoses and the treatment plans and the, you know, I'm sure a lot mm-hmm. of these athletes have urgent injuries versus the long-term chronic ones or surgeries. So you're kind of in the vernacular of orthopedics and anatomy all day. Right. Which is kind right. of- Right, but then take that from an injury and apply it to down dog or, yeah. you know, headstand or like yeah. that, then I'm like, oh, this is so yeah. weird and overwhelming. And I don't know if I know that very well. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's interesting to me too, when you're talking about what you've been doing, I mean, first of all, huge, huge shout out to you because you are just saying yes to everything and taking it all on. And so, gosh, I, I, you know, can't even imagine doing all of that and then training on top of it. (laughs) So, um, given kind of where you're at, when you go into the studio and you're teaching, what keeps, like, what's your foundation of teaching? Like you've got all this new information you're trying to learn. You've got a full schedule of teaching. So what's been your approach when you go into the classroom in terms of, okay, here's what I'm going to do. How, you know, cause it's kind of like when you have all these thoughts kind of swirling around and all of this kind of being in this state of learning and you're also doing, how are you like, what's your game plan when you go into the studio to kind of keep yourself focused? Um, so I really like to write everything down. So I have a little book that I do pretty much all of my sequences. Um, I have been slacking in my foundation sequences. Um, and I think it's because I'm overwhelmed and I'm doing a lot. Yeah. Um, so yes, I'm saying a lot of yeses to things, but then I'm like, well, they're in-betweeners. So, you know, we can work on the warrior dance for the next three weeks. And I don't really need, quote unquote, need to have a sequence ready um, because we can kind of work on the same thing, which, yes, that is correct. But you also don't want to, like, always do the same thing, you know. Um, So I definitely try to go in with, like, a plan. Um, I really give myself grace when I go in there. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm kind of a more outspoken uh, teacher. I think um, things kind of just slip out sometimes. Um, the filter has really large holes. Um, so you mean students, you're, when you're teaching and talking? Yeah. So um, the students kind of know and they. So how does that, what does that sound like? What does that look like? Um, so sometimes uh, we'll be doing something and um, I'll think of it like a really weird analogy. So like, for example, um, in Warrior 2, you know, the cues that I have learned for Warrior 2 is press into the ball of the front foot and then I switch to the back foot and engage the groin. But some people don't know what that means to engage the groin. And so we have this um, park uh, downtown and I have a splash pad there and I was like, okay, imagine you're standing here with a splash pad, and I want you to use enough force in your groin to pull the water up out of the ground into your body so that you're part of the water fountain. And people are like, that's the strangest thing I've ever heard. And I'm like, well, did it work? And they're like, yes. So things like that that I think you don't really hear, you know, in some yoga. I try to make it, I guess, more a little bit more relatable yeah to the average person yeah um you know or I tell them like hey if you want to dance like if you have to pass gas if you need to swear like do it because you know or if you have a thought we're doing happy baby and you have a thought comes up and you want to share it with the class like totally do it I'm totally cool with that it builds community and it makes it more fun yeah yeah that's that's interesting yeah I think and and I think you're right and especially when you have like a smaller class in a community studio, I think it's, you know, sometimes a little bit easier to build that sense of community. So students 
you know, feel maybe a little bit more comfortable. So, um, so tell me about kind of where, if, if you're here, like in this space now, where do you kind of see your teaching going? What, what kinds of things do you want to do with your teaching? Do you want to eventually leave your full-time job and teach full-time? You know, where, where do you kind of see for your teaching future? I think I'd like to do kind of like a part-time job, like, you know, job that kind of just pays the bills kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and then be able to be, I wouldn't say like necessarily full-time with yoga teaching, because I know it's really hard to do, um, but maybe put my hands in a couple of different pots. So, you know, a couple of different studios, maybe some corporate. Um, I do think I have a kind of a unique approach to yoga because I'm not one of those people that's built with the yoga body I guess you could say um, I can't do all the things and I've had a lot of injuries in the past mm-hmm. that prevent me from doing all the things um, which I think is a really unique you know approach because I'm like I can't necessarily show you how to get into it yeah. because my body doesn't do that but I can walk you through it or I can walk you through a similar variation yeah um, I've been really liking to teach um, the king pigeon variation from a low crescent yeah because i think it's way more accessible than regular king pigeon which a lot of people can't even get their you know yeah their legs into the correct position and be able to sit upright yeah you know yeah yeah so do you feel how how do you feel about that you know i can't necessarily do a y x y and z pose i can walk you through it how does that feel to you when you're kind of representing yoga in that way I think in general I feel okay I mean I've come to accept that occasionally I do get oh you know this student is really advanced and I don't know if they're really getting out of it what I am giving to them Um, and I have been in some even teacher trainings where you know I'm I'm taking CE credits or something and the instructor will be oh, well, you're all yoga teachers, so you can do all the things. And I'm like, no, that's, yeah. that's a really bad stereotype. And you shouldn't be saying that, you know? Right, right. Um, so I've definitely accepted that. Um, yeah. And yes, feelings do come up, but I'm just like, you know, this is what I can offer and this is what I can show you. And if you need me to look up on the internet a picture or, you know, talk you through something a little bit more, you know, complex, like I can do that for you. That's not yeah. a problem. Yeah, I think that's such a healthy attitude. I was talking to another teacher earlier today and she was talking about just kind of having compassion for yourself and how that can really give space and reframe a lot of things that I think teachers sometimes can turn it into a problem for themselves or something that's like a fault of theirs when in fact, all our students are dealing with that. It's all relative, right? Whether it's king pigeon or double pigeon or half pigeon or whatever, (laughs) you know, somebody Mm -hmm. can always relate to that feeling like, you know, I have a challenge with this pose. You know, some people have challenges with poses that you might say, oh, that's just a blah, blah, blah pose. But but hey, there's, you know, challenge out there in yoga for everybody. Um, Mm -hmm. it's It's all very relative. So, so... Um, I know we have just like a little bit more time here. I'm just kind of thinking when you um, of kind of like a kind of pulling it all together question, when you are teaching now, 
do you feel like there's some place you want to get to in terms of how you're going to be feeling when you're up there teaching? Or are you at a point now where you're like, I'm teaching, I feel like I'm in my conf most confident self. I feel like things are kind of like I, flowing from me clearly. How, how is that for you now? Uh, I don't think things really flow for me clearly. I usually forget body parts and I call the thing things wrong things and wrong names. Yeah. Um, so that, that happens a lot more often than I would care to admit. Um, but teaching yoga is a creative outlet for me and I yeah. really need that in my life. Um, I have a history of uh, depression, anxiety, and I know I had emailed you, I have adjustment disorder. So yeah. essentially I have major life, I mean, it, it can be small, major to me, I guess, life changes. Um, yep. I, get, I, I slip into those tendencies. And uh, more recently, I've been kind of struggling through a period of that time. Um, and I started, you're like, oh, you know, your home practice. And I'm like, what home practice? I don't have right. one right now, because that's the first thing to go for me. Right. Um, not planning out those sequences for the in-betweeners that's like another red flag yeah. um you know in in trying to do all the things i keep saying yes but then i'm making myself overwhelmed and that's not helping anything right um so to be able to feel uh that i have that like that still to have that creativity and the power behind that like is really important and so yeah. when i do find that i'm slipping into you know, this kind of a disorder chaos um, session. Um, one, I definitely get professional help. Um, I, I have a guy I've got things off of. Yeah. Um, then I just reach out to, you know, my yoga community, like the other teachers. And I'm like, hey, I'm kind of at a stalemate here. Can you give me, you know, an idea to help me get going again? Or I watch, you know, yoga videos or, you know, I'll go to a class somewhere else in a different studio and that usually is enough to kind of like oh okay like I didn't realize I could do that or I have been doing something similar in that sequence but this actually works really a lot better mm -hmm. um and that kind of gets those juices flowing and honestly if that's what carries me through some of those sessions of chaos it's yeah. like I get to go and teach and and I might be feeling really crappy before I get there but once I get there I'm like okay like right. this is it. I'm here. Like I've I've got this, you know. Right, right. So it sounds like um you've got not only a professional that you can chat with, but you've also got a group of teachers that are a support system for you that you can reach out to on a professional mm -hmm. level to kind of brainstorm ideas. If you were to kind of look at your current situation and you could change one thing about it to give yourself more breathing room, what do you think it would be? That's an excellent question. Because um, I kind of, I just hear in your voice like that and in your wording, just kind of that, what I feel and what I sense from you is that feeling like you're, you are overwhelmed is what you said. And then you also mm -hmm. described all the things you're saying yes to. So I guess part of what, in hearing that, I'm thinking, I wonder what she needs to help her, you know, if she could change one thing, what would give her a, an ability to take a couple deep breaths and feel 
like there's more space there? Um, so I, I think it would be a non-yoga thing. I think I would change like my job or cut back on hours or something yeah. like that. I feel that's probably the highest stress that I have in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what would it and, take to do that? Like, is there like a, is there a possibility of impacting that at all? Cause it sounds like if you did that, you might have more space for yoga. Right. And that, and that would be yeah, a good so, thing for you. So I actually spoke to somebody in our, uh, that's like a manager in our, our business office today. And she was like, I'm so glad you asked me because we do have something coming up and we'd rather have a in-house person. So kind of talking with her, I'm not quite sure what it would entail, but it would be out of the, like, out of like the face-to-face customer service Yeah. Um, or back office, which would be nice. Not as many, yeah. I guess I should say more regular hours. Yeah. Um, and then actually my husband and I did talk about um, come the new year, us discussing, you know, like I said before, kind of yeah. dropping down to a, a whatever part-time, just kind of pay help pay some of the bills so that I can, you know, maybe teach at a couple of different studios in town and, and really start to, you know, spread my roots a little bit. Yeah. No, I, so I, I really respect you for kind of having that conversation at your job. Cause I think sometimes, you know, we can just get stuck and mired in like a current scenario we're in. And then it just kind of gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And, you know, then there's like, oh my God, how can I reshape this? How can I reframe this so that I can feel some space? And so it sounds like you've already started to take some steps with your day job. And that would be great because then you maybe have a little bit more breathing room on your weekends and on your weeknights and um, energetically, you have more time to devote to your own practice. So that's, that's awesome. I really, I, I applaud you for that right on. <laughs> so I know that you are getting ready to go teach a class right now. Yep. That flow foundations that I haven't been sequencing for. At flow foundations. Yeah. So, I mean, if I could offer any support in that, I would just say, just stick with what you know, stick with what you've done. And, you know, again, for me, it's less about what can I do creatively for them? It's just, how can I show up? and just be fully present. It really doesn't matter what the pose is. <laughs> it's just, I'm, That's true. You, know, you know, I'm there. So if I can just give you permission to take some of that pressure off, you don't have to go in and give them something fancy. Just go in and just be your authentic self. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. So, um, Thank you so, so much. I really um, appreciate you and I acknowledge your um, just honesty and, and sharing from your heart. And I know that's going to really resonate with a lot of teachers out there. So I really thank you for, for sharing and, and bringing up some to- uh, topics. And I can't wait to send you this podcast so you can listen to it, your own episode. <laughs> I, I'm actually really excited. I'm just going to be like telling all my friends and, yeah. you know all my yeah. teacher trainers and I was like, dad, I get to be on a podcast. This is so cool. I love it. I absolutely love it. All right, Caitlin, I will be sending t- this to you within the next day or so. I can't wait for people to hear it and keep up the amazing, amazing work. Well, thank you, Karen. That definitely means a lot. <laughs> okay. Namaste. Have a great class. All right. Namaste. Bye-bye. Bye.